Ask not what your country can do for you. There's a last time I'm going to be in the lead. The giant was a pass. Peter, oh, you little mouse, so won't you go away? One ringy-dingy. Hand off to Griffin, cracks the middle, gets the five. Touchdown, Ohio State. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plane. I'm interested to know, Gracie, who's your choice? Need you ask, George. Time now for spinning my dad's vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Vaccarello. Thanks, sweetie. And thank you for tuning in to episode 11 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. My dad has more than just trumpet players, jazz music, and Italian songs in his collection. He and my mom loved Broadway music. You'll hear many of the greats throughout this podcast, but there was one that was head and shoulders above the rest. So, let's get ready for the bright lights and big city nights of Volume 11, The Sounds of Richard Rogers. But let's get started in the Old West first. Oklahoma is the first musical written by the duo of Rogers and Hammerstein. The musical is based on Lynn Riggs' 1931 play, Green Grow the Lilacs. The original Broadway production opened on March 31, 1943. It was a box office hit and ran for an unprecedented 2,212 performances, later enjoying award-winning revivals, national tours, foreign productions, and an Oscar-winning 1955 film adaptation. It has long been a popular choice for school and community productions. Rodgers and Hammerstein won a special Pulitzer Prize for Oklahoma in 1944. and tomatoes, flowers on the prairie where the June bugs zoom. Plenty of air and plenty of room. Plenty of room to swing a rope. Plenty of heart and plenty of hope. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain and the waving wheat can sure smell sweet when the wind comes right behind the rain. Oklahoma, every night my honey lamb and I sit alone and talk 
and watch a hawk making lazy circles in the sky. We know we belong to the land, and the land we belong to is grand. And when we say, I be we're only saying you're doing fine, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, sung by Richard Kiley. All right, why this album? Well, so far on Spinning My Dad's Vinyl, you've been treated to lots of jazz, Italian music, and spoken word albums. But my dad's collection is also filled with tunes from many of the most popular Broadway musicals. Both my mom and my dad really enjoyed show tunes and would attend musicals as often as possible at all levels of performance, especially the grandkids in high school, uh, Playhouse Square in Cleveland, and even getting to a couple in New York City. And I just remember how happy my mom was humming these tunes around the house. And we'll be hearing from Gershwin, Mancini, and many others, but we're going to feature on this episode a composer who was probably on top of that heap, um, Richard Rogers. And when I saw the collection of music on this album, I instantly recognized that the number of hits would make it difficult to choose just what I needed for this show. A large skip in Bali High was an automatic disqualification, so that made it a little easier. Okay, on to the next song. Since this is March, and it's an episode in the middle of March, I'm looking forward to a certain annual date on the calendar. It Might As Well Be Spring is a song from the 1945 film State Fair, which features the only original film score by the songwriting team of Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein. It Might As Well Be Spring won the Academy Award for Best Original Song for that year. The things I used to like, I don't like anymore. I want a lot of other things I've never had before. It's just like Mother said. Sit around and mope, pretending I am wonderful and know I'm dope. I'm as restless as a willow in a windstorm. I'm as jumpy as a puppet on a string. I'd say that I had spring fever, but I know
It might as well be spring, sung by Mary Martin. Time now to introduce you to the album. It's recorded by various artists. It's the sound of Richard Rogers' music, greatest hits from the Great White Way. On the RCA Victor label, number PRM201, released in 1966. Now let me pause real quick to explain the, uh, the, the, the subtitle of this. Greatest Hits from the Great White Way? Let me explain that. Lit by gas and poorly ventilated, theaters in 19th century New York were vexed by fire. At the beginning of the 20th century, architects realized that the safer electric light bulb had enormous advertising potential. As early as 1910, Broadway signage dazzled visitors, and the street soon became known throughout the world as the Great White Way. All right, let's take a look at some liner notes on this album. An interviewer once asked Richard Rogers which of all his songs was his personal favorite. Mr. Rogers explained that he hadn't won. Quote, they're all like children, he said, and you love them each for something else. The Rogers children make up quite a family. Well, over a thousand offspring, dating back to his firstborn in 1916. That song was called Auto Show Girl, written when Rogers was only 14. And though Auto Show Girl never quite clicked into gear, it set the stage for the young New Yorker's entrance on the musical scene very soon thereafter. At 16, Rogers wrote the winning score for Columbia University's annual varsity show, becoming the first freshman ever to do so. Significantly, both Lorenz Hart and Oscar Hammerstein the second contributed lyrics, thus casually inaugurating two historic music and words partnerships. By 19, Rogers was represented on Broadway, and for the next few years, his forays into showbiz were enhanced by the acquisition of a serious musical education at Juilliard. What an interesting background he has, and we'll get more into it when we talk about his bio. Let's talk about the album and the album value itself. The website that I use, Discogs, actually had no value on this album, which is pretty rare for them. So I did find a couple of versions, one on eBay, actually a couple on eBay, and they ranged from $0.99 cents to $37, and Amazon came in at a copy for $12. My dad's album itself, its uh, condition is good. The actual record is in pretty good condition. The album cover is only fair. Once again, he's got his, uh, his label on that. So I think I'm going to value my dad's album at a buck. Now, let's get back to music. You'll Never Walk Alone is a show tune from the 1945 Rodgers and Hammerstein musical Carousel. In the second act of the musical, Nettie Fowler, the cousin of the protagonist Julie Jordan, sings You'll Never Walk Alone to comfort and encourage Julie when her husband, Billy Bigelow, the male lead, falls on his knife and dies after a failed robbery attempt. I'm sorry, spoiler alert. When you walk through a storm Hold your head up high And don't be afraid 
the end of a storm is a golden sky and the sweet silver song of a love. Walk on through the wind, walk on through the rain, though your dreams be tossed and blown. Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart, and you'll John Gary singing You'll Never Walk Alone. Personally, one of the most powerful melodies I think that uh, we may hear um, in all of the podcasts here on Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Okay, time now to learn a little bit about the artist. From the sound of music to Oklahoma to South Pacific, Richard Rogers helped change the face of Broadway musicals, giving them stories and making them both memorable and hummable. Prolific composer Richard Charles Rogers was the second son born to physician Dr. William Rogers and his wife Mamie on June 28, 1902, when they were staying at a friend's summer house near Averne in Queens, New York. Not long after, the family moved to Upper Manhattan, coincidentally mere blocks away from Richard's future songwriting partners, Lorenz Hart and Oscar Hammerstein. Richard Rogers remembers his family life as fraught and filled with bickering and tension, due in part to his maternal grandmother's forceful personality. He did, however, learn to play the piano as a toddler because it was a theater-loving household. His parents saw Broadway shows, and his grandparents were partial to opera. Though his mother was more prone to bouts of hypochondria than boundless affection, she would play tunes from the shows that they'd seen on the piano when Dr. Rogers brought home the sheet music to sing along. Rogers inherited all of this and became the darling of the family for his quick adaptability to the music and harmony. Summer Camp provided another respite from family drama and was where Rogers composed his first melody. By the age of 15, he had chosen musical theater as his profession. The music of composer Jerome Kern had been a revelation. In 1918, Rogers was thrilled to be accepted to Columbia University, where he would write for the school's famous varsity show, an annual production. 
Richard Rogers' elder brother Mortimer, with whom he had rivaled as a child, ended up being the conduit for the famed partnerships of Richard's future career. At an early varsity show, Mortimer introduced the young Richard to Oscar Hammerstein, and in the winter of 1918-1919, a friend of Mortimer's introduced him to Lorenz Hart, with whom he developed an instant partnership that would last until Hart's death in 1943. Today, Richard Rogers is credited with writing between 900 and 1,500 songs, an estimated 85 of which are considered standards. To date, 19 film versions of his musicals have been made. As one critic put it, probably not a day goes by without a show of his being performed somewhere in the world. Now... Onto one of those standards. This one has even been recorded as a doo-wop tune. Blue Moon is a classic popular song written by Rogers and Hart in 1934. It may be the first instance of the familiar 50s progression in a popular song and has become a standard ballad. The song was a hit twice in 1949 with successful recordings in the U.S. by Billy Eckstein and Mel Torme. In 1961, Blue Moon became an international number one hit for the doo-wop group The Marcells on the Billboard 100 chart and in the U.K. singles chart. Over the years, Blue Moon has been covered by various artists, including versions by Frank Sinatra, Billie Holiday, Elvis Presley, Sam Cooke, The Platters, The Mavericks, Dean Martin, Yvonne DiCarlo, The Supremes, Cindy Lauper, Bob Dylan and Rob St- Rod Stewart. Bing Crosby included the song in a medley on his album On the Happy Side, released in 1962. Even the Cowboy Junkies recorded the song on their album, The Trinity Sessions.
There is Arthur Fiedler and the Boston Pops Orchestra with Blue Moon, arranged by Jack Mason. Time now for this episode's interesting side note. Richard Rogers was the first person to win all of what are considered the top American entertainment awards in theater, film, recording, and television. That's a Tony, an Oscar, a Grammy, and an Emmy, now known collectively as EGOT. In addition, he was awarded a Pulitzer Prize, making him one of only two people to receive all five of those awards. Marvin Hamlish is the other. In 1978, Rogers was awarded the Kennedy Center's honors for his lifetime achievements in the arts. The first EGOT plus Pulitzer. Does that mean he got the first PGOT? This is just how incredible this composer was and why I think he stood head and shoulders above all of the other great composers that you will hear play Broadway music. Okay, next up, another standard which was really made popular by Frank Sinatra. Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered is a show tune and popular song from the 1940 Rodgers and Hart musical Pal Joey. It is part of the great American songbook. The song was introduced by Vivian Siegel on December 25, 1940 in the Broadway production during Act 1, Scene 6, and again in Act 2, Scene 4 as a reprise. Siegel also sang the song in both the 1950 hit record and in a 1952 Broadway revival. It was performed by Carol Bruce in the 1954 London production. This selection, we are going to hear from Lena Horne. He's a fool, and don't I know it. But a fool can have his charms I'm in love And don't I show it Like a babe in arms Love's the same old sad sensation Lately I've not slept a wink Since this half-pined imitation put me on the blink I'm wild again beguiled again a simpering whimpering child again bewitched sleep when love came and told me I shouldn't sleep bewitched bothered and bewildered am I Cold, I agree. 
can laugh But I love it Although the laugh's on me And there is Lena Horne with her version of Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. And quite a version it is. Well, this was certainly a trip down memory lane. Remembering how much my parents, especially my mom, really loved this music. It was good to know they were able to attend a couple of those shows in New York City the couple of times that they did get to that big apple. Uh, Now to finish up with one of my favorite melodies because of how rhythmic it is. Mountain Greenery is a popular song composed by Rogers with lyrics by Lorenz Hart for the musical The Garrick Gaieties in 1926. It was first performed on stage by Sterling Holloway, but quickly became a standard. Now, I'm partial to the Mel Torme version, but this one will do.
Mountain Greenery by Peter Nero. Now, of course, there are many other great versions of that song, including Ella Ann Satchmo, Perry Como, Bing Crosby, and maybe my new favorite, Rob and Laura Petrie. <laughs> you know, Mary Tyler Moore and Dick Van Dyke, they did it on an episode of the Dick Van Dyke Show. Really well done, too. So, thanks for tuning in to Volume 11, The Sounds of Richard Rogers, However You Did. If you want more information about this show, please head over to SpinningMyDad'sVinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for Volume 12, Fingers at the Barroom Piano. Go with the flow, my friends. <laughs>